best friends and introverts, welcome back to another episode of the You're So Quiet podcast. As always, I am your host, Chelsea Brown. I am back home in Houston and back to recording in real time. I'll give you a quick synopsis of Seattle. It was cold. It's like 40 degrees in May. Cold for me. It's like 90 degrees in Houston right now. Almost all of the restaurants I wanted to go to were closed because of COVID struggles or some issues with their location, but I did find some great places to eat, and one of the places that I really wanted to eat was still open, thank goodness. So that, it was, you know, I went on the trip specifically to eat. It was for my husband's work. I accompanied specifically for the food. And it was disappointing that, like, all the food I'd been getting my taste buds ready for was not available. We did still find some really good food, though, so I can't be that upset. But yeah, it was a little bit disappointing. I didn't get as much done as I kind of expected to while we were there. We ended up being really, really busy, and I thought that I was going to have kind of some more downtime, and I didn't. So, and (laughs) to be perfectly honest, any downtime that I had, I was powering through this book that I will tell you about here momentarily. But since we are back in real time, I can do a mental health check with you guys for the first time in a couple weeks. So tell me how you're doing. How is everything going? How are you feeling? What's going on? We're going to rate from one to five, one being horrible, five being amazing. However you're feeling, it is perfectly fine. It's okay. I myself, I'm feeling like, like a four, like a four. I'm not amazing. I feel like I have zero motivation to exist at the moment. I kind of just want to like sleep, you know, and maybe that's an indication that I should be sleeping more. But I just have a lot of things to do this week. I have like client stuff I have to prepare for. I have obviously this podcast. I have my own writing and etc. So anyway, it always feels like I am the least motivated when I have so much stuff to do. And I don't know. I don't know what that's about. I'm not really a fan. So however you're feeling, perfectly fine doesn't matter. Even if you're at a one today, you could be at a five tomorrow. A bad day is not a bad life. So let me tell you about this book that I read. I read it two weeks ago. It's called The Poppy War by R.F. Kuang, K-U-A-N-G. It is based in China, but it's also science fiction fantasy. So kind of take that with a grain of salt. It follows this young girl who wants to get out of her, her current situation So she studies as hard as she can to pass this test that is empire-wide, and the test is to find the most talented kids to study at the academies. The academies are to get these kids ready to become military people, and there's one academy, Sign Guard, that is the best. And Rin, the main character, she studies as hard as she can. She gets into Sign Guard. She actually had the top score in her province. She gets to sign guard and everything is not amazing. She is targeted because she is dark skinned. She is targeted because she is poor and she's targeted because she is a female. So this book already, you might be able to tell, is very, very dark. So not only do we deal with sexism, racism, classism, we also kind of get into very graphic war crimes And this is more toward the end of the book. And the way that they're described is so intense that I genuinely had to look away from the page, which 
it's kind of a bizarre thing to say because I could still see the images in my head, but it was, it was really intense and I typically don't really have much of an issue, but this was, it was tough. So this book kind of deals with the distribution of power and what power actually does to people. So Rin, the main character, she actually discovers that she has powers like of a shaman. And this is in the description. I'm not giving you any spoilers, okay? This is in the description of the book. Rin discovers that she's a shaman and shamans in this, this world channel different gods. And there are 36 different gods. She ends up channeling the phoenix. The phoenix is known for vengeance. So already... She's leaning more toward the darker side of being a powerful person. And as the book goes along, you see her develop from this young child who's not really naive and not, not particularly innocent, but she goes from this, I don't want to say untouched, innocent thing, but she does go from a child to this young adult who is grappling with the idea of saving her people using her powers or choosing not to save her people. And this kind of internal battle is very difficult for her and I think would be very difficult for anyone in her position because using her powers would not necessarily kill her, but she would have to let the phoenix in. And again, the phoenix is vengeance, vengeance personified. So she feels this rage inside her and she can't actually fully control what the phoenix will make her do. So her options are let the phoenix in, ask him to save my people, or keep the phoenix out, my people will surely die. I finished this book two weeks ago. I am still thinking about it. I haven't really seen this kind of we go from protagonist to antagonist or hero to villain. It's not all black and white. And I think that's what I really liked about this book is that people are so much more than one thing or the other. We are always multiple things simultaneously. And sometimes those things are not always pretty to look at, but they're real nonetheless. And that's why I have to recommend this book. For me, it was five out of five. I do think it could have been condensed a little bit, but I think it is something that might change the way that you think about villains and heroes and right and wrong. And for me, any book that can challenge my way of thinking in such a potent and powerful way is something that I should tell you guys about. So I'm still waiting for the sequel. I still have seven weeks wait at the library. I might just buy it because I think I would read it again, to be honest with you. I've read that the second book, it's a trilogy, I believe. The second book is even better than the first one and they're 500 to 600 pages. I read it in four days. So do with that what you will. I highly recommend it. I do want to tell you that the violence is very, very graphic. The author does not pull any punches. So just be aware of that. I also read online that some people think that the author misrepresented Asian culture and Asian people, especially because they believe or know. I, I've not personally done research on this, so I can't attest one way or the other, but they stated that the war that 
is happening is based off of a real life war, like a Japanese war. And they say that the way the author represented the people who would be the Japanese is not not great. It's not great. One of the reviewers said it was an Asian book, not for Asian people. I didn't read it with that lens. I don't have that that perspective. But if you are an Asian person, this might be something that you're like, okay, this is really off-putting. So just throwing it out there. So I realized that I didn't actually introduce what topic we're talking about today, but I'll do it now. It's fine. (laughs) Everything is fine. So we're going to be talking about self-love today. And you probably got it from the title, I hope, title of the episode. But it feels like as we're rolling into summer, I see a lot of people talking about, well, I'm doing this for self-love. I love myself and whatever. And that becomes a lot more popular in summertime. And I don't really want to talk about it from a body perspective because like we've done that. I've done a couple episodes on like body image and stuff. And honestly, I'm sick of thinking about my body. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm over it. It's, it is, it, like it exists. It's fine. It's healthy, whatever. What I do want to talk about is actually loving yourself as a person, what that looks like and what it doesn't. Because I think that we kind of get confused. You know, there's a lot of conflicting information. And obviously, this is just my perspective. You can take it or leave it, but maybe you agree with me. I don't know. First thing I want to say is (laughs) I want to unpack the phrase, you can't love someone unless you love yourself. So let's start with the phrase, you can't love someone unless you love yourself. It is the stupidest phrase I've ever heard in my entire life. In my entire life. I will tell you why. I have been in positions in my life where I flat out hated who I was. Hated myself as a person, my personality, hated it. Way I went about problem solving, hated it. Thought patterns, hated them. Everything about myself, hated it. But I still loved other people. I still had love for other people. I still loved actively other people, even if I didn't love myself. Now let's talk about a similar phrase. Until you love yourself, no one else can love you. Stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. Second stupidest. (laughs) Okay. Not being able to love yourself does not mean you are undeserving. Next, loving yourself is not narcissism. Narcissism is selfishness, entitlement, a lack of empathy, a need for admiration. Loving yourself is none of those things. Loving yourself, I feel, is part of maturing into who you are. And I also, same with like body image, I think that self-love for me is like too strong. I don't know that I love myself. I'm pretty neutral about myself. I like some things about myself, but for the most part, it's like, well, this is how I am. You know, I'm someone who just really likes to be alone sometimes. That's just something about me. I don't like it. I don't hate it. I don't love it. I mean, it's just, it is what it is, you know? But if you love yourself, that's not narcissism. That is just you loving who you are as a person. And that's an amazing thing. I think loving yourself as a person is one of the greatest tools that we can use internally to affect our external world. If you love yourself, you are far more likely to think that you are deserving of opportunities that present themselves. Even if you don't love yourself, but you accept yourself, that's also fine. And you are still feeling like you are deserving of the opportunities that present themselves. 
So is it narcissism? No, it is not. I do think loving yourself is important when it comes to what you do for yourself. I'll give you two examples. First example, loving yourself is caring enough to walk away from things that are not good for you but are comfortable. And we've all been in those situations, whether it's a job, a relationship, a friendship, a living situation, whatever the case may be. You should love yourself enough. You should care about yourself enough to realize that, you know what, this is not, this is not great for me. I don't like it here. If you like something and you're happy about it, that's great. That's fine. You don't need to go out and try to start a fight with yourself. You know what I mean? But you do need to understand that being comfortable and being good for you are two dramatically different concepts. So self-love is walking away from something that is not good for you. Self-love is also changing the way you speak to and about yourself. I am so not afraid of people calling me names. You cannot call me anything that I have not already called myself. Even like this past week, I've been feeling very unmotivated. In the past, I would have called myself lazy. I would have said I was worthless. I was helpless. I was useless. I'm a terrible person because I'm not doing these things. I'm not accomplishing enough and I'm just disgusting as a human. Self-love is not speaking to yourself like that. Because you know what's funny is I would never, ever, ever speak to another person the way that I used to speak to myself. I would never say those words to anybody. Anybody. So why would I treat myself that way? I need to treat myself at least as good as the people I care about. Which brings me to one of my final points. One of them. I might have some more here as I get going. Self-love is treating yourself like you would treat a friend. And not just any friend, a best friend. You check on your best friends. You make plans with your best friends. You think about your best friends. Wonder how they're doing. You do nice things for your best friends. So you better be doing those things for yourself too. Because you, your consciousness, is the longest relationship that you are ever going to have. And potentially the deepest relationship that you will ever have. Even if you're very close to someone, your best friend, you know everything about them. You think you do. But you don't know their innermost thoughts, their innermost insecurities, the things that they don't say out loud but they think about. You do know those things about yourself. So you better be treating yourself with at least the same kindness, care, and respect that you give to a best friend. Because you are deserving. You deserve the same kindness, respect, and care that you give to other people. And this is how I think that we kind of get, we just get really sad sometimes. You know, and I was thinking about this the other day because I was having a perfectly fine day and all of a sudden I was like, man, I feel kind of sad. But like nothing happened. You know, no one was mean to me. Uh, nothing happened to me. Like everything is going fine. Life is fine. But I just felt really sad. I'm like, okay, so what's the deal? And then I was like, oh, right. I haven't actually done anything for myself in a long time. When I was in Seattle, I didn't actually have the time during the day to work out. That's what I always do for myself. And it's not as a punishment for myself anymore. It is a thing that I do for myself. It is a gift I give myself. And so sometimes I fall back on, okay, well, I haven't been able to take care of my body. Uh, let me just go shopping. I have an online shopping problem. 
but I haven't been doing that either because I'm like, girl, you need to stop. Like, you don't leave the house. What are you shopping for? And all my books, I usually get them for free from the library, and I actually really like saving money. So anyway, this kind of sadness to me kind of felt like loneliness, but I wasn't lonely. Like, it's not like I was lacking quality time with any of the people that I care about. It's more so that I felt the void where the the care and the love for myself should be. And it's something that you do have to make time for. This is not something that is just going to happen. You know, you actually have to intentionally be like, okay, I'm going to do this, this, and this for myself this week. This is going to be my self-love, my act of self-love for the week. And you can do, I mean, whatever you want, whatever makes you feel good. If you're an affirmations kind of person, do that. If you like exercise, do that. If you want to go out with your friends, do that. But you need to do things that show yourself that you love yourself, not things that like, oh, someone else might like this or, oh, I forgot to do this for this other person. No, no, no. You need to take 20 minutes. And if you have forgotten for a very long time and you feel that sadness, take 20 minutes right now and just do something for yourself. Go out to Starbucks, get a coffee, sit by yourself, read, meditate, whatever. Just do something nice for yourself in the same way that you do something nice for someone that you love. Because to be quite frank with you, when I started changing the way that I treated myself, I also started changing the way that I felt about myself. So am I at the place where I'm like, ooh, I love myself. I'm obsessed with myself. I'm the best. Absolutely not. But I am at a place where I'm like, I don't actually hate myself, which is a vast improvement. I'm pretty neutral about myself. I like certain things, don't like certain things, but I accept all of myself, which is very, very important. So if you're like, girl, I I hate myself, like this episode is not for me. Yes, it is. It is for you specifically because I'm trying to tell you that loving yourself is not narcissistic. I'm trying to tell you that loving yourself takes different forms, walking away from things that aren't good for you, changing the way you speak about yourself and to yourself. I'm trying to tell you that doing these things and ingraining these things in your mind are the first step to getting toward that self-love. Even if you're not there, hell, I'm not there, right? And so you're like, girl, you're not an expert. Of course I'm not an expert. No one's an expert on this, on this self-actualization journey, but it's a journey, right? And if you change the way that you interact with yourself, you are also going to change the way that you feel about yourself. I'll give you an example that actually is not about myself. Well, (laughs) of course, it's about myself, but it's not about like self-love. So I used to work in hotels, you may know. And when I moved to Texas, I worked at this one particular hotel and the manner in which I was hired was really kind of contentious because I was hired for a management position And there were people working at the hotel who had worked there for years and were passed over. So obviously, they were upset with management and they kind of took it out on me. Understandable. All fine. At the time, not understandable, not fine. Okay? I disliked them just as much as they disliked me. But it's like, you know what? Carrying on this way is not going to do anything for me. I come into work and I'm miserable. I leave work and I'm miserable. So let me actually just try to do things for these people. So 
I would make sure I knew when their birthdays were. I would bring in coffee. I would just say, like, give little compliments. Like, oh my gosh, your your hair is really cute today. Like, whatever the case may be. And all of a sudden, how they saw me also started to change, right? Because I'm not this horrible person. I am generous. I am kind. I take notice of little things that you change. I, I try, right? I'm not a horrible person. But if I had not done that, then they would have carried on thinking I'm a horrible person. So in the same way that maybe you listening believe that you are a horrible person, of course you believe that because you treat yourself in that way. You treat yourself like a horrible person. And perception is reality. How you perceive a situation is the reality for you, whether or not it's true. So if you perceive yourself to be a horrible person, then you are going to believe that beyond a shadow of a doubt. Doesn't mean it's true, but... If you start doing nice things for yourself, you might start to believe, hmm, I'm not actually that horrible of a person. I'm actually okay. I can accept myself. I can love myself. I can whatever, you know? The final thing, I think the final thing I want to say, I feel like self-love is something that is ridiculed. You can't say you love yourself because then you're full of yourself. You can't say you hate yourself because then you're a loser. So let's just like shed that. This is, it's May still. So it is Mental Health Awareness Month. We are all about ending the stigma surrounding mental health. And honestly, I am all for shedding any stigma surrounding this self-love concept. The older I get, the more I realize that loving yourself is extraordinarily important. At least accepting yourself is a great first step because again, this is the longest relationship I am ever going to have. I've been with me 29 years, gonna be 30 years this year. I've not been with anyone else. Even my family, they've known me my whole life, but do we have like a super close relationship? No. And in all reality, my life will continue after theirs. You know what I mean? So take the time to invest in trying to love yourself. Do nice things for yourself. Realize that loving yourself does not mean that you're full of yourself. If you see things that aren't good for you anymore, walk away. Set boundaries. It's very, very important. And on that note, we are finally at the end of our time together. If you like what you hear and you want to hear more, please consider leaving a rating and review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. To stay up to date and even participate in future episodes, follow the podcast on Instagram at your so quiet pod. Y-O-U-R-E, so quiet pod. That's all for now. Okay, love you. Bye.